Oh my. Maybe we should call today's episode the hate mail episode. Not from you, but from the turnkey rental property companies. I'm Brian Ellis. I'll tell you why right now in episode number 62. You're listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio, America's only podcast exclusively for affluent, self-directed investors, where each day of the week you receive innovative investment strategy and deadly accurate market analysis that's untainted by Wall Street and unblemished by government propaganda, all in seven minutes or less. Coming to you now from iTunes, Stitcher, and SDIRadio.com, here's your host, Brian Ellis. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the only podcast that teaches you how to objectively evaluate investment opportunities so you get the best investments rather than letting you be victimized by the best marketing. Before we get going, a quick reminder. I've got more great content that you can only get by being a member of my private self-directed investors email group. And there's only one way to join that group for free. It's to send a text message to the number 33444 with the word SDI radio. Again, that's text the word SDI radio with no spaces to 33444 and you'll be all set. When we were together in yesterday's episode, I answered a question from a listener named Trina who came into some money and is being targeted by a plethora of turnkey rental property companies, all of whom are trying to sell her on buying turnkey rentals. The primary difference among the companies targeting Trina is that they represent different real estate markets and it seems that Trina is most interested in Atlanta. So I applied my S3 model for Trina to see if what she's considering matches with the simple, safe, strong qualities that describe a good investment. And in that case, the results weren't very good for turnkey rentals. The strategy scored as a potentially simple and a potentially strong, but not very safe. This drew the ire of a number of turnkey rental property companies, a few of whom were quick to email me and give me a piece of their minds. That's okay. I can take it. Look, there is a place for rentals in your portfolio, but it's not at the foundation. It's not at the base. Rentals absolutely can make a person wealthy over a period of time. There's no doubt about that, and I do not argue that point. But here's the reality. The rest of the story, as the late, great Paul Harvey used to say, about rentals that Trina and anybody else considering turnkey rentals should factor in. At its core, rental investing is all about hope. Hope that your property will appreciate. Hope that you'll be able to find a great tenant and then hope that you'll be able to do it again. And then hope that you'll be able to do it again 30 more times. Hope that the tenant doesn't destroy your property. Hope that the property doesn't depreciate. Hope that your property manager will stay in business and will treat you honestly. Hope that rents will rise or at least remain stable. Hope that the locale doesn't decline. Hope, hope, hope. My friends, most of that stuff simply isn't predictable. Yes, you absolutely can make an informed, educated guess. No doubt about that. But it's still a guess, and you're still just hoping. And hope has no place as the basis for making an investment decision for an individual investor like you. If you're hoping, you're not respecting your own capital. Why do some rental investors succeed while others fail? Well, there's a multitude of reasons, but one of the biggest ones is that the successful ones put the odds in their favor by only investing in properties that they can get at a good price. Practically speaking, if you're buying a rental worth $100,000, you cannot pay $100,000 for that property and still be making a wise choice. I defy anybody to give me a good reason that paying full retail price for a single family rental property makes sense. And that's exactly what the turnkey rental property companies do. My friends, if the turnkey company that you're working with wants you to pay full retail, think of it like this. That may be okay for people who are less informed than you, but it's not okay for you. There's simply zero room for error in that circumstance. That's the key thing about investing of all types, my friend. Where's your margin for error? What keeps you safe if you're wrong about the thing in which you're investing? 
That's why Trina and to all of my valued listeners, I encourage you to consider employing what I call the wealth ratio in your real estate investing. For every $2 that you invest in safe, well-secured assets, such as good real estate notes, you can invest $1 in speculative real estate, such as single-family rental properties. So Trina, in your case, your email said that you had about a million dollars to work with. So a sample scenario for you would be something like this. You buy about $650,000 worth of high-quality, well-secured real estate notes. For that, you could likely buy into about 10 notes, each of which would have an average collateral value of about $100,000. But you'd be paying for an average of about $65,000 per note to buy into them. You might be buying the full notes, you might be buying partial notes, but either way, you'd be very well-secured. In such a case, you can easily, easily yield 7 to 10% on each note and never, ever have to concern yourself with paying for maintenance or vacancies or property management or property taxes or insurance or trip and fall lawsuits or any of the other things that landlords have to be concerned about and for which they're directly financially responsible. Those notes would likely yield you a consistent, predictable, well-secured income of about fifty dollars to $60,000 a year, maybe a bit more. And again, that's money that goes into your pocket. You don't use it to pay for maintenance or property taxes or mortgage payments or anything else. It's your money. And with that foundation in place, Trina, now it makes sense to consider single-family rentals, which are far more speculative in nature than high-quality note investing. With $350,000, you could likely buy two or maybe three rental properties in decent areas. Why does rental property investing make sense in this case and not more generally? Well, in this case, Trina has her bases already covered. She's got $60,000 of income already coming in, and she won't be totally destroyed if one or both of her new rental properties suddenly go vacant for an extended period of time. Her portfolio will have the financial wherewithal to sustain itself so that Trina doesn't have to keep adding money just to keep her rentals afloat. That's one of the things about single-family rentals I just don't like. You must continue to feed it money. It's just not optional. It's tempting for you to think that the dollars that come in each month are actually your money, but it's not. Put that money in the bank and be ready to spend it, my friends, because that's what you'll end up doing. Again, yes, it is possible that you could become very wealthy by doing this over and over if you buy in the right areas. And that's what I hope for you, my friends. But if you insist on single-family rentals, remember these things. Number one, it's a high-risk proposition based almost entirely on hope. Number two, cash flow is deceptive. Most of it will end up paying for property management, insurance, property maintenance, taxes, and all the other things that are your financial and legal responsibility. It won't go in your pocket. Number three, it's almost impossible to be truly successful as a landlord on a small scale. Once you have 10 to 20 properties or more, there are certain economies of scale that can benefit you. Up until that point, it's really a race against the clock to see if you have the financial fortitude to survive. In closing, my friends, I'd like to point this out to you. Episode number 56 of this show was one of the most popular episodes ever. In it, I told you one of the very best strategies I use for finding houses that I can buy at very low prices. Do you know what that strategy was? It was to target landlords who have decided to give up on rental properties because they just can't take it anymore. It should be instructive to those of you who are considering rental investing as your strategic focus that I've had great success at buying real estate from people who were once in exactly the same position as you, but when the real world caught up to them along with all of the unforeseen liabilities and responsibilities of rental ownership, those people, who are just like you, are giving up long before their rental became profitable. Food for thought, my friends. Remember, invest wisely today. Live well forever. Thank you for listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio with Brian Ellis. Don't miss a single episode. Be sure to subscribe to Self-Directed Investor Radio right now on iTunes, on Stitcher, and at sdiradio.com. Your feedback is always welcomed via email at feedback at sdiradio.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as legal or professional advice for your situation. Content is the property of the Self-Directed Investor Society. 